Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Periodic Table, episode 35. Don't forget to shake your funnel. Recorded October 11th, 2012, and brought to you by Element OP Productions. ElementOP.com. Episode 35 of The Periodic Table. 35 times we have come to you uh, and polluted your mind with weirdness, and you like it. So this is where I tell you that the 35th element, actually, I'm saying it wrong. The element with the atomic number of 35 is bromine. It's unique and it's the only liquid non-metallic element. All the others are either uh, stones or uh, or, uh, um, gases. So there you go. It's a member of the halogen group. It's heavy, volatile, and very dangerous. Um, it has a very unpleasant odor, irritates the eyes and throat, and can burn the skin on contact. It's commonly used, or has been, as a fire retardant, but its uh, ozone-depleting properties have uh, caused it to be uh, to fall out of favor as that. <laughs> and that giggle you just heard was Mr. Aaron, former fat guy butler, who's here <laughs> along with Mr. Sean Kybel. Hi, guys. Uh-oh. Hey. Yeah, <laughs> when you said fire retardant, all I was thinking, going, well, as long as it doesn't go full on fire retardant. <laughs> hey, I, uh, I I thought we were uh, we're being being joined by uh, Merlin Olson tonight, Mark. <laughs> it's more like Grizzly Adams. <laughs> the the beard's coming in nice, Aaron. Oh, thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, he's growing it for his mama. I am. Oh yeah. Uh, okay educate me i know my, my mom's always she's she's just you know some people like some people are you know some people are uh some people like facial hair they think you know some some guys like long hair on women some guys like short hair on women. my mom's always been somebody that's liked hair she's just she thinks she's been the, what's the guy the statler brothers with the long beard she's always i love that guy's beard you know my dad played santa and had a a big long full white snow white beard so duck dynasty must totally turn her on I have no idea who that is, but probably. And um, <laughs> the uh, the thing she's always she's always getting on me. Aaron, your hair is so pretty. Why are you always cutting? Because I shave my head, you know, half the time. Because my you know my my motto is um, is if my hair is long, if you can tell I took a nap, my hair is too long. And uh, so she's always you're always shaving your head, and it looks so pretty. Why do you do it? You know. So I I'm going home for Thanksgiving, so I'm not cutting my hair or trimming my beard. I'm mean, I trim it, but I'm not cutting my beard because I normally just keep it clipped back um, until I go home for Thanksgiving. So, so if you go is, home looking like the, the Geico caveman, your mom's just loving it. Yeah. And she loves gray hair. She thinks gray hair is beautiful. So now that my hair's gone gray, she likes that because I, I, I'm getting kind of old. And uh, she, so she likes the gray hair. And um, so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do my mom a favor. You know, you know I'm, I'm going to let my hair actually get long enough to actually comb. <laughs> not just not only be able to tell I didn't take a nap, but actually comb my hair. And I'm this is actually the longest I've ever had in my beard, I think. I don't think I've ever let it grow this long before. It's not that long yet, but it's the longest I've ever had it grow. So, so we've had some interesting uh um feedback in the forums lately. Have you guys seen that at all? I saw the massive groundswell. Yeah. Um uh Wise One, I believe it was, uh posted in the forums that we should do this show twice a week. Wow! Really? Yeah, and and I thought, well, that sounds like an awful. So I put it back on him, 
And I said, if you can get a hundred individuals to post in this forum that they oh. would like to see this show twice a week, I'll make it happen. And so apparently the way you vote for, to have this show twice a week is you go to the forum and you write the word bacon in a reply. I don't know exactly how those rules got put out there, but that's what's happening. Every post is just the word bacon over and over and over again. Just in di different derivations. Right. You know, it was just bacon, 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 or bacon, or bacon, bacon, bacon. Just it's like the dog, the bacon strips right. commercials. Bacon, bacon, bacon. So... <laughs> Door-to-door -door geek voted like 50 times. Right. Yeah, it's got, that's why I said 50 individuals, not 50 votes, 50 individuals. And I'll, <laughs> I'll be, or not 50, but 100. Uh, so I'll be checking uh, the registrations on that. I'll be checking your IP addresses, people. So, uh, yeah, if you get 100 people who say the word bacon in the forum. Are you changing the rules on them now? <laughs> we'll make this show twice a week somehow. What we'll probably do is just do like a four-hour show, and I'll cut it up and release it twice. So I wonder if that is a uh, – I wonder if, like, people are downloading us and, like, listening. If we're drive time. Yeah, I don't know. Because that would be really know. cool. That would be cool to be the drive time guys, you know? The morning zoo. I, yeah. I had actually someone, Sean, one time uh, post uh, well, just a couple weeks ago on one of my workout that said they were listening live, but then they quit listening because – they listen to it every time uh, when they run, and they didn't want to. They didn't want to spoil it. They wanted to wait and listen to it while they were running. And I was like, "That's <laughs> I'm fine with that." Yeah, just listen. We don't exactly. care. When you do it. The beauty of podcasting. Exactly. All right. So, getting right into it, uh, our first story of this week is actually a story from last week. The Iranian news organization that uh, reprinted an Onion article in its entirety. Uh, apparently somebody said, uh, guys, that's not real. So their response was, yeah, well, Western media messes up all the time. Everything they say is wrong. That was their response. So good on you, Iranian, uh, official news arm of the government way to really show us up. And if you feel that way, then why ever would you cite Western media? Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, they go on later in the article in their response, rather the translation of their response to to say they still believe the story, even though it's fake. They believe that what that the that what it said was true. If you would have asked them, right? That was that's what people would have said. Yeah, if you would have asked them. Yeah, it's reverse propaganda, right? So yeah. we're we're now claiming no, no, no. We would never say anything like that. Yeah. If you really, if you if you did a real poll. And ask people if they like Ahmadinejad better than Obama, he'd win hands down. That's that's their response, along with, yeah, well, you're not perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing if you did a real poll, 98% of Americans wouldn't know who Ahmadinejad is. Yeah. And the other 2% couldn't pronounce it. Yeah, they'd think he was the dry cleaner down the street. So, but I guess that, you know, that brings up the point then that what probably roughly 50% of Americans probably just by default would like him better than Obama. Because they wouldn't know any better, right? Right. They'd be like, well, can't be as bad as Obama. Is that the little Indian guy on the family guy? Is that, um, is that who that is? Or maybe. working the quickie mart on the Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> sad to say that the American public is uh, probably not not too far from being as dumb as the onion makes them out to be right 
So in Akron, Ohio, a fellow with an unusual nickname caused a stir. Now, this is just weird all the way around. Um, uh, an elderly gentleman who likes to attend um, city council meetings uh, walks with uh, a walking stick. But it's a unique walking stick. It's a four-foot aluminum pipe with duct tape ends. Um, and his name, his legal name, not his nickname, his legal name is Kaboom. Can you say hippie parents? Um, Kaboom. And so, so that everybody knew that this four-foot metal walking stick was his, he wrote his name on it. So somebody's uh, walking around and they see a pi- uh, a pipe laying in the ground with duct tape on the ends and the word kaboom written on it. What do you think they thought? It's a Batman episode <laughs> from the 1960s. So they evacuated the courthouse and called the bomb squad and uh, the police are there and, and they're uh, trying to sort it out. And then kaboom shows up and says, Hey, I've lost my walking stick. Has anyone seen a four-foot metal pipe with duct tape on the ends and the word kaboom written on it? That's hilarious. And, and the, the article said nobody, I mean, he, he didn't face any charges or anything. Nobody thinks that uh, that he did it on purpose. He just That's just his unique walking stick, and he happened to leave it behind in the city of Akron, Ohio. So if your name is kaboom, maybe you should hang on to your walking stick. That's funny. There's a show title for you. Maybe you should hang on to your walking stick. <laughs> wasn't there a cartoon character in, it's like Felix the Cat, wasn't it? Kaboom? That's like all he ever said and it blew people away. No? Uh, Just me? Uh, yeah. Somebody out there will know what I'm talking about. If you Google Kaboom cartoon character, you'll, Mark- you'll find it. That's just that's your memory, though. I mean, you're probably right. There was a character that showed up for like five seconds in some <laughs> one time. Yeah, yeah, one time, and you're like, yeah, you know that guy. <laughs> he he jumped he jumped on frame from the side and went kaboom and jumped back off, and that was his only time he existed. It's like three, three, uh, three gels in the in <laughs> on the old uh, 35 millimeter video. <laughs> it's a, I, I'm a not sure cell. if this is an, is an insult or a, or a compliment. Yes, I can't quite figure that out. It's both. Welcome to the periodic table where everything is a double entendre. It wasn't even it wasn't even Unless a cartoon. It's a triple. Like those little viewfinder things. You remember those with the little spinning wheel that you? Oh, I love those. I had one of those. My thing that made me mad though is I had a three disc set of the Bionic Woman, but I didn't have the third disc. Oh no. Man, what were those things called? The magic viewfinders. What were they called? Yeah, viewfinder. There was. I I was. We just called mine viewfinder. Yeah, they had a name, but yeah, it was it was stereoscopic, so it was sort of quasi three D. Yeah, which was high tech back in the day. So if you're in Northern Cambria, Pennsylvania, and you want to rob a bank, yes, how much money would you ask for? All of it. Yeah, (laughs) give me all your money. Fill up this bag. Uh, well, uh, an an unnamed man. Oh, excuse me, not an unnamed man. His name is McCullen. Uh, what? Uh, McMullen. McMullen. Kaboom. Yeah. Does he have a first name or just McMullen? Jeffrey McMullen. Jeffrey. There it is. Jeffrey McMullen walked into the Ameriserve Bank in Northern Cambria, Pennsylvania, last Friday, and handed the tellers a note asking for one dollar. <laughs> this is a stick up. Give me a dollar. And the first teller he went to thought it was a joke. 
and it was it reminded me of that Cheetos commercial where the guy's like, "We're on a break." Um, so she just blew him off. So he went to the next teller and said, "This is a stick up. Give me a dollar." For whatever reason, the man says he wanted to be put in the state penitentiary. So he wanted to rob a bank, be convicted, and be put in prison. Nobody knows why, but that was Fed- his goal. Federal prison. Right. Yeah, did, yeah, did I say state? They, they had better meals. And better. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's got a friend on the inside, and he wants to, to break them out, and he's got to get thrown in. No, wait. That was a TV series. Um I don't. I can't imagine why. Uh, and and will he get his wish? I mean, he did technically. It is attempted bank robbery, and that is a federal crime. I don't know. Is it? Is it? Is the? Does the amount change it? I know it does for certain types of theft. You know, right, you know Yeah, there's larceny and 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 that's and petty larceny and grand larceny. I get that, but uh, it's still attempted bank robbery. If I yeah, was him, it, I, went away, I went and went ahead and stole the million dollars. Then if I'd gotten away with it, I'm okay. If I go to jail, I'm okay. Yeah, just either take the million <laughs> and then give it back if you're yeah. not interested. Well, either right? way, it's a win-win situation. Yeah. If I'm trying to go to jail, but if I don't go to jail, I'll live off the million dollars. It'll be okay. <laughs> Viewmaster, thank you, chat room, for, for putting that in there. Viewmaster. Oh, that was you, Aaron. Okay. I just saw it in the chat room. Funny. It's not your problem. I didn't so, want to interrupt Um. I, that's just one of those things that's you, you can't understand. I mean, that that's setting your setting your sights a little low, isn't it? One dollar, yeah. and maybe I mean he might have been able to get away with it. He might have been the one guy, the the DB Cooper, who right. robs a bank and gets away with it. But he As didn't want to get to away DB with Swinney, it. DB Swinney, who had several failed television shows. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't want to get away with it. He wanted to go to to federal prison. So maybe I don't know. What's a good way to make sure? You can go to federal prison. You can um, insult the president or, or threaten the president, maybe. Uh, you can punch yeah. out a CIA officer. I mean, there's other ways to do it, I would mm-hmm. think. Stage a coup. I'm curious, <laughs> I hear they look negatively on that. Yeah, just be Middle Eastern in the U.S. and make a phone call. Um, you know, there's lots of ways. <laughs> <laughs> there's lots of ways to get the attention of the feds, but... Uh, um, We'll we'll have to follow the story and see if he gets gets right. uh, his wish. He's probably going to end up with being a jail cell with mullet, right? Or like Otis from from uh, Mayberry. They just they just put him in there. Just let yourself out when you're ready to go. That that'll be his his punishment. And then in right. a related story, not really, but I had to get to it. Um, in Orem, Utah. Uh, a man heard, uh, got a call on his cell phone, and when he answered the phone, he heard scuffling and uh, and obvious like ransacking type noises. And he called the police and uh, said, "Somebody's breaking into my house." And they called me while they were doing it. Um, he got home, and the police got there, and there was nothing wrong, nothing missing, everything was fine. Turns out his dog had taken the phone. And accidentally pushed the readout button while he was trying to uh, uh, to bury it. So I'm calling this one barking and entering. Well, <laughs> if you've ever been to my house, you've in the last nine or years or so, you've met my dogs. I have two Jack Russell Terriers, and back in the day when I had the, the kind of breaky Nokia phone, about five in the morning, <clears throat> I let Bonnie, the, the 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 feisty one, out of the crate. 
to go outside to use the bathroom and she ran through the living room, stopped just long enough to grab my phone off the coffee table and out the front door she went. <laughs> and so she ran out at the at the edge of the light of the porch light where I could I couldn't I could kind of see a ghost of a white out there. So I grabbed my wife's phone and I called the number and you see this light light up inside of her mouth <laughs> and and just bobbing across oh. the yard like a you know like a like a ghost lantern and then she'd drop it because it'd vibrate and then I'd run out there and try to grab it and she grabbed it it was, it was quite funny I wish I'd had a video of it I probably could have got ten thousand dollars from the Merrick's Money some videos but or at least a dollar from the bank or a dollar from the bank yeah I don't have any crazy dog stories stealing things I, I did have a dog who I watched get run over by a dump truck. Oh, watched it happen. And he was fine. Go figure. Wow. wow. That, that'll, that'll come into play later. I should have used that transition into another take, story, but take that dog on the road. Yeah. <laughs> and now I will throw my dog off of this 30 story building. How does one prove he is nigh invulnerable by surviving the most powerful engine of destruction? 1973 has to offer. Tick fans will get yes. that. So we do a lot of dumb criminal show uh, stories on this show. There's a lot of dumb criminals. Out this there. one, there's like there's like dumb criminals, and then there's this guy. He is in a whole other league. He is the the Maharaji of dumb criminals. Wilbert Matheny, forty eight years old, a registered sex offender in uh, in L.A. Um, has to wear a GPS-equipped ankle bracelet so that the police literally know where he is at all times. So naturally, he decided it'd be a good idea to break into a few houses and steal some things. I, what, what? <laughs> I don't even have the words. Oh. Uh. The story says that he was arrested last week on a felony burglary, burglary charge. The case started when a man walked into a house on Bradley Avenue um, on August 30th. Wow, this is an old story. I didn't notice it. And stole a laptop. Um, and then the 90-year-old man was home. Uh, and uh, another resident, a 40-year-old woman, told the police the burger looked like a man who'd helped her fix an electrical problem the day before. So... Uh, I have a question mark. Yes. Why is this man even out? A good question. According to the state's sex offender registry, Matthew is convicted of lewd or lascivious acts with a child under 14 years of age. His record includes six felony convictions and 21 felony arrests. Yeah. Well, he's, he's apparently recently released parole perhaps. Um, and he <laughs> lives in a group home just down the road. From where the burglar... So not only is he wearing a GPS tracker, he decided to keep it local. Right. I love the line that says, and his bracelet proved a compelling witness. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Mr. Whatever his name is. Let's ask your bracelet where you were <laughs> when the robbery happened. <clears throat> says combining G GPS monitoring with the traditional agents is, quote, more expensive, but also more effective. Really? Amazing. <laughs> So they basically rounded him up for questioning and then asked his bracelet where he had been. And what do you know? He was at that address at exactly the same time the man had called the police. Guilty. Wow. <laughs> Maybe he wanted to go back to federal prison and he didn't want to rob a bank for a dollar. 
Well, he certainly he, he he gives it a lot of try. I mean, six felony convictions and twenty one felony arrests. <laughs> what a brother got to do to be kept in jail around here? <laughs> it's, wow, wow. And so, while we're on the subject of really bad ideas, a restaurant in France. And the story's not coming up for me, so you guys are going to have to fill in the details. You're talking uh, to vamp? The, 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 the page, do whatever you do, don't vamp. Oh, no. okay. the, the page oh. just isn't loading for me. But anyway, um, there's a restaurant in France who had urinals in the shape of women's mouths. Oh, there's a and, picture. And wouldn't you know it, somebody complained. Imagine really? that. <laughs> somebody thought, hey, you know what? Pissing in a woman's mouth might be a little offensive. Maybe. Showtime. Yeah, lipstick on. <laughs> There's no way I'm posting that to social media. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I, I just, how do you, this, a lot of people had to be involved on in this decision, right? So they had to, there was the architect, the designer, the construction agent, the owner, the manager of the, of the place. There were a lot of people who had to look at a woman's mouth urinal. And say, yeah, I think this is fine. I don't see a problem with this. Well, I was all sitting back around a boardroom table, going, <laughs> "Well, these ones are are on special. There's a, we can get these for a great prize." Yeah, we can do, guys. <laughs> I, I I just can't do it. I, I'll have to. But, <laughs> I, there's a whole thread of jokes I could go down. I'm just going to lay off of them right now. <laughs> Everybody out there that's listening right now, you're welcome. <laughs> You know, it, sometimes you just have to say it's beneath me. It's too yeah. easy for a man of my talents. Yeah. Well, I was looking uh, online today <clears throat> and stumbled across this like crazy inventions website thing. And oh, I'm sorry. A it's a it's a French restaurant, but not in France. In a, it's in Australia. Oh. So it's in Australia, but it's a French restaurant in Sydney. Well, we, we would want to impinge upon the French, but the. Uh, <laughs> I saw this funny thing called a shiwi, I believe is what it was called. And it's a plastic funnel that a woman can insert through her zipper so she can urinate standing up. <laughs> especially especially useful when hiking, apparently. Created by a college student. A shiwi. I think that was what it was called. Oh, well if not if it's not, it should be. And it right. should come with a little insert on proper name writing in the snow technique. <laughs> <laughs> yeah shiwi usa.com forward slash shop <laughs> you can get a pink one for breast cancer awareness is there a picture of it yes <laughs> it looks like a little funnel with a a little part to cover your parts if you're a woman and you can get a convenient case <laughs> so a spokeswoman uh, or excuse me a spokes <laughs> wait mark wait mark wait <laughs> you can get an extension tube you can have use extra length if you're in a boat <laughs> Or if you have lots of clothes on. That's exactly what it says. Wait, uh, what does a boat have to do with anything? Well, you don't want to pee on the side of your boat. Yeah, you got to you you be able to toss it over the side. Maybe, maybe women can't uh, produce the amount of force that men can. Because I know I can pee over any boat lengthwise if I have to. If I got to go back. Like enough. from the bottom, right? You exactly. can pee over the boat from the pier. Oh. Joke title. <laughs> I can I'm feel any <laughs> So the Ananas Bar and Brasserie, the spokeswoman, I think it's awesome that it's a woman, uh, said, quote, we sincerely apologize if we have caused offense. 
if, because we're still not sure that anybody was offended by lipstick emblazoned mouths wide open for men to urinate in. Well, if they'd have just passed out shewees at the door and put <laughs> ones for guy of guys' mouths in the girls' bathroom where it's all fair and even, then it wouldn't have been a big deal. <laughs> oh, that you sh- it's just it's it's funny. Everything about that story is funny and sad all at the same time, which is really sort of. The way we do things here. That's our that's our bailiwick here at the periodic table. Funny and sad at the same time. But it just begs the question, who thought this was a good idea? I'm guessing it was the man. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right. So this next one I'm calling, why is this even a news story? Um. And here's the way it goes. Here's the headline. 425-pound gang member charged with grabbing a boy in the park. And you read the story, and it's a dude in a park. A kid walked by. He grabbed him and sniffed his arm. All right, that's weird. Then the kid got away, and that was all there was to it. So I'm saying here that the only reason this is a story is because it was a fat guy. And his mugshot has nine chins. Because he's 425 pounds, but he's only three and a half feet tall from the looks of him. So right. he's, he's, he's a big guy. Um, and not surprisingly, when he ran away, somebody was able to chase him and catch up with him. Um, <laughs> but he says he broke free. He escaped and was eventually found by a police helicopter. Because, you know, when it's a target that big. But it just... Did, did Sarah Palin swoop down and like guard <laughs> <start> him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just don't, I don't, this, this is offensive to me, not as a fat guy, but as a man who appreciates fine journalism. This is not journalism. This is just, hey, here's a fat guy. Let's all point and laugh at him. That's, that's all this story is. Right. And it just, it bugs me that this was in the LA Times. Right? This is like one of the, the 10 biggest newspapers in the country. Well, Mark, I have something that might make you more, that might make you laugh instead, instead all of right. being angry. Um. On the Shiwi website. <laughs> oh, we're back to that, are we? <laughs> there's there's a how to Shiwi page, and the uh, directions are quite quite interesting. Um, dir- how like step, to number, step number two is direct outlet pipe away from body and out of pants. <laughs> that's that's good advice right there. And number uh, number three says once relieved, pull funnel away and use to wipe any final drips. Shake funnel, replace in resealable bag. <laughs> Tip: practice in the shower. <laughs> Their tagline on the website is stand up and take control. How does she, uh, she, we, then the very bottom says contact us at, and has a phone number due to the personal nature of this product. All sales are final. (laughs) You can't return. (laughs) And they have a pink she, we, in honor of breast cancer awareness. Right. Oh, used (laughs) funnels are not returnable. The pink she, we is a modeled plastic funnel, allowing you to urinate privately and easily in a standing position. A percentage of each sale will go to breast cancer awareness. I'm not sure what's so private about whipping it out, whether it be plastic or flesh. Well, you don't have to. It's a little different than, I guess, having to drop your drawers and squat on the side of the road. Okay, there you, is you, know, you can You can stay a little bit covered. But, I mean, how many times have you seen a guy, you know, standing and, and de- delivering, and you knew exactly what he was doing? But then again, yeah, if you yeah. see a woman doing it, you're not going to think that, right? You're going to think... Something else. I don't know what. 
And, and by the way, in the chat room, uh, somebody's just joined and another member in the chat room has just let them know that we've taken a turn for the worse, if possible. If possible. That's an exact quote. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of a turn for the worse, you ever had a bad day at work? You ever got mad at somebody? Maybe you work customer service and you're having a bad day. So you think the best way to handle it is to stab somebody with a fork? No? Okay. Chardonnay Pruitt. Chardonnay Pruitt of Chicago. I'm not even going to wager any guesses as to her ethnicity. S-H-A-R-D-O-N-N-A-E. Chardonnay Pruitt, 19, um, was arrested and charged with one count each of misdemeanor simple assault and misdemeanor battery. So she works at Chuck E. Cheese's, the happiest place on earth. It is. And uh, while she's uh, cleaning up a table, she takes a customer's salad plate when he wasn't ready for the salad plate to be taken. So the customer got a little upset and dressed her down and, and yelled at her, which happens, you know, when I'm at Chuck E. Cheese's, I'm not always the happiest person because it's a miserable place to be if you're a, a grown-up. So Chardonnay thought that the best way to handle this situation would be to go out back and wait for the customer to leave and then stab him with a box cutter. There's a classy act, Chardonnay. Her. Right? Right. Was it, was it her? The customer was it her? No, 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 no the man, no, man through the fit. She stabbed his girlfriend. The man. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the the man, the man did the arguing, and the woman got the shank. Right. <laughs> and not a, I mean, a box cutter. A box cutter. Yeah, that is. Uh, yeah, that's a serious weapon. Well, in our work, we don't usually stab people with box cutters. Though I was in a meeting one time with a very nice Jewish lady, it's a great friend of mine. Usually, ever so polite and sweet. And I said, "So, how was the meeting?" And she said, it was good, except for the practice manager. I wanted to stab her in the heart with an ice pick. <laughs> so that's been kind of, a, kind of a running joke. If anybody around the office really gets your goat, we just, want, we just decide that we want to stab him in the heart with an ice pick. <laughs> and so far, we haven't had to, just to clear it up. All right. That's good news. Though Mark wanted to today. <laughs> If there was a, that's why we don't keep ice picks laying around people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually left the room today, tapped my manager on the shoulder and said, I'm going to leave now before I say something that everybody here regrets and, and walked away. It was one of those days, but I didn't hey, go for my box cutter. Alex Karras died. I know. Isn't that sad? That is sad. I just found that out. Who, who is that? It Webster's was uh, dad. Webster's dad. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. A football okay. player. So I'm going to guess he wasn't, he didn't die in a uh, skydiving accident. I'm in a strange place tonight, guys. I don't know why. I'm not normally a morbid, but I was like, the next thing that was going to come out of my mouth was, he's the football player, turned actor, turned corpse. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why why I'm in that place tonight. (laughs) Oh, and of course, Jim Beeson brings up his finest acting ever. Mongo. Candy Graham for Mongo. Mongo like candy. The finest American acting performances <laughs> ever. In what what was truly a travesty of justice that that movie never received an Academy Award. 
Well, that is actually a true statement. Yeah. For best comedy. Yeah. I don't. Did they have best comedy back then? I I, th- I think if you use the kind of language and in the kind of tone that Mel Brooks chose to in that movie, you have to accept that you're not going to get many awards. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And all of the uh, the the racial right uh, stuff and I mean for that time, wow, it was well, real. I remember creepy. seeing. He it said as a the kid. sheriff is near. <laughs> Yeah. I was a uh, I, I I saw it whenever it came out. I don't know what my parents were thinking, and it went over my head. You know, I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, uh, Richard Pryor was an assistant writer on that. Oh yeah, yeah. So you had to know it was going to be uh, pretty edgy, right? There's a right. famous old Saturday Night Live skit that he was pretty edgy on. <laughs> this next story is one I didn't even want to do. But the only reason it's here is because because about seven people sent it to me. Um, but I, I, this is how do you not want to do this one? I, I don't. Want, I don't want to do this one. It's because, like they made it. Like it, it, they they knew our thirty fifth episode was coming up, and they <laughs> they wanted to throw us something good. But it's just a, a guy made a mistake, and and oh, they're Mark. making it out to be way more than it is. Oh no! But this is a state we have already proven is famous <laughs> for mistakes yeah well no it's pro- it's famous for bad judgment Hello, so, boy. thank <laughs> you for calling on me on my anniversary florida governor rick scott i never trust a man with two first names by the way florida governor mm-hmm. rick scott um it's confusing mistakenly well he, he was he gave out a number for uh, a toll-free number for a meningitis hotline at a news conference only it wasn't the right phone number the number he meant to give was meningitis hotline 866-523-7339. But he accidentally transposed a couple of the numbers. And they won't tell us which because they don't want everybody calling that number. Uh, and when you call the number he gave with the transposed numbers, you get a phone sex hotline. So the story here is, ha-ha, the governor calls the phone sex place on a regular basis and just forgot and gave that number instead. Um, but if you call the number that he gave, you have a, a woman saying, hello, boys, thank you for calling me on my anniversary. Um, they, he, they, somebody, somebody caught it very quickly, and even within the same press conference, he corrected himself. So I don't think it's – I think it's a non-story. But right. Uh, you guys seem to, to think it's more valuable than, than I do. If it hadn't happened in Florida, <laughs> it wouldn't have the gravitas that yeah. it has. There's a show title. If it hadn't happened in Florida. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're, <laughs> I don't know. Moving on. Anything else to say about that one? Well, let me give you a transition marker. Let me, wait a second. Let me, hold on. Uh, I had to pay my Verizon bill the other day. <laughs> nice 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 try was it a little higher than you thought it should be yeah like 45 cents yeah More. now i i i've routinely complained about my cell phone bill at&t is my provider and uh, i have two smartphones two data plans it gets expensive but uh, a french woman by the name of solene san jose from Pesac in bordeaux uh re- received a bill for what is roughly 6,000 times the gross domestic product of France. 
Can I say the number, Mark? $14.92 quadrillion. <laughs> not billion, not trillion, quadrillion. 14. That's the one of those Obama phones. <laughs> <laughs> it was 11.7 quadrillion euro, which translates to 14.92 quadrillion, do- quadrillion dollars. When I read this, see, they have it written in parentheses out beside it, quadrillion, because I was sitting there counting the zeros going, the hundreds thousands ten thousand hundreds it would have taken me a while to get the quadrillion yeah so she calls the phone company and says um i think this might be a mistake and they say no that's your bill you have to pay it <laughs> and and so then she calls another person and they say no no that's your bill you have to pay it so then she writes them a letter and they write her back and say no, we're not changing the bill. That's your bill. You have to pay it. You deadbeat. And then finally somebody said, oh, sorry about that. I'm your bad. bill is actually 100 euros. My mistake. <laughs> we, we just slid the decimal place over. A lot. 16 places too far to the right. <laughs> I can just see like the Verizon executives are up there in their tall office tower going, okay, guys, we're 14. 14.92 quadrillion dollars in the hole. How, how are we going to? We got to have a way to pay for these urinals. <laughs> what what blows my mind is that not one person that she spoke to ever looked at the the number and said, "Huh, that seems a little high." Yeah, never happened. So finally, the Bo- Boy Gaze Telecom. That's. I, <laughs> Who people who speak French are going to crucify me for that one? B o u y g e s. Bourget. You just have to Telecom. say it all in your nose, Mark. Uh, <laughs> finally, they were trying to bank draft her account for this. <laughs> what if it overdrew? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a check that's going to bounce. Um, so they told her they couldn't amend it. It was computer generated. They couldn't stop it. It's going to be debited from your account. Just deal with it. I, I suggest you go take out a loan for, for 14 quadrillion dollars, 14.92, almost 15 quadrillion dollars. Cause this sucker's coming out of your account. Deal with it. We'll put a lean on your moped. <laughs> we'll put a lean on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know if you added up all the GDPs of all the countries in the world if you'd get to fourteen quadrillion. World. I don't know. It's a lot of money. But <laughs> that's her cell phone bill. So finally they did fix it. Yeah, so it was it should have been uh one one seven point two one. Instead it was one one comma seven two one comma zero 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 zero. Dot zero zero. Dot zero zero. Yeah. So yeah, a printing error indeed. I wonder how many minutes she got for that though. I mean, that's <laughs> if if anything will buy you an unlimited data plan. Surely that's that right. must. She probably got like five hundred texts. <laughs> she could have bought the internet for that amount of money. <laughs> I'd like to buy every phone ever on the planet, please. Well, what she should have done is, oh, well, no, that didn't work anyway. It, was, it would have been really funny if that had worked and it would have made sense, but it wasn't. So pretend, insert funny story here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> so from high phone bills to uh, high constituents, um, 
a female polit- an, uh, politician in Brazil by the name of Karma Cristina Lima, 32 years old, 32-year-old politician in uh, Lima, Brazil. Uh, no, I'm sorry, not in, in Lima. Her name is Lima. In Amazonas, Brazil, uh, was handing out political flyers earlier this week, complete with small bags of cocaine attached. She knows her constituents. <laughs> so I think we pretty well know what her stance on the drug war is going to be. Um, police chief Daniel Otoni told Brazil's uh, TN online website, there was a large gathering of people around Ms. Lima, but when they saw the police, they all ran away. <laughs> According to locals, she'd been distributing the drugs since early in the morning on the condition that people vote for her. So, hey, when this wears off, <laughs> you need to come back to the polls and vote for me. Uh, do you... <laughs> If you want a second hit, I need your stamp. I need your. I need you to come by with your little "I voted" sticker. The first one's free. <laughs> Do you really think those people are the like the ones who are likely voters? I mean, are they even going to be registered? I mean, in a in a poll done recently of likely voter voters, seventy two percent of them agreed that taking Coach Kane would buy their vote. I, I don't see that happening. Then again, I don't live in Brazil. It is true. Maybe things are different in Brazil. Right, right. So in a continuing trend of art I don't get, um, there's a documentary being made where two virgins, one male, one female, auction off their virginity to the highest bidder. Once again, staying in Brazil... A Brazilian student, Caterina Migliorini, who's 20 years old. I don't know, 20-year-old virgin? Is that, does that even happen anymore? Um, yeah, said that she's going to uh, uh, take the money and put it into a fund to build houses for the needy in her home state of Caterina. Of Santa, wait a minute. She, her home state is Santa Caterina and her name is Caterina. Okay. That's weird. I thought I'd misread that, but no, that's what it is. She said, quote, I saw this as a business and I have the opportunity to travel and be a part of a movie and get a bonus with it. So it's a documentary that director Justin Sizely uh, is making. He will record her emotions before and after her first sexual encounter. And a male uh, a virgin called Alexander, who's also uh, being followed. So Miss Migliorini will receive uh, 12,500 pounds. And 90%, I think that's a pound. That's a pound symbol, right? It is. Uh, and 90% of the finan- final auction price, which currently stands at 120,000 pounds. So they're going to take 12,000. She gets the rest. Uh, and plus the 12,000 that they took from her, which that'll work out nicely. Um, and so and on the f- October 15th, Coming up in a few days, so guys, if you want to, if you want to bid on this, you're running out of time. Um, and the encounter it says will take place on an airplane flying between Australia and the U.S. to subst- to circumvent prostitution laws. Is this art really? I have to well, ask. They're calling it art, huh? Well, it's a movie. Movies are are supposed to be art. <laughs> wow. Isn't that, I guess, is Brazil like where suicide bombers go? Like, 
you get your fill of coked up virgins. <laughs> 72 virgins nice <laughs> high on coke but they vote <laughs> Um, I, I feel, I feel a little sorry for this young woman. Um, you know, you may think 120, uh, or excuse me, 12,000 pounds, uh, is a lot of money. No, it's 120,000. I was right the first time. Uh, 120,000 pounds is a lot of money, but I don't know. That's, uh, that is literally a once in a lifetime thing that she's selling to the highest bidder. That makes me a little sad. Is it is it sadder for her to do that or for a 16-year-old girl to get in the back seat of a Buick with a 16-year-old guy and have the best 30 seconds of his life? Oh, there's the question. Which is the cheaper event? Exactly. Um, she's going to do good things with the money, I guess. But uh, I, if, right. if I ever saw exploitation, this is it. Even self-exploitation. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, mid-90s, late-90s maybe, early 2000s, there was an internet campaign, uh, ad campaign uh, sponsored by a condom company where a couple was going to uh, have sex for the first time and post it on the internet. Uh, and it was a big deal. It was a big news story for a while. Either of you guys remember that? No. 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 It turned out that either both of them backed out of it or the whole thing was just a publicity stunt. I don't know which. And I, I kind of have to think that that's what's going to happen here too. The bidder's not going to pay 120 grand for a mile high club encounter, or or the or she's going to decide not to do it. I think this or, is all just a, a publicity thing. Or some altruistic guy who's a billionaire and just wants to give the money, and he's going to say, "I gave you the money, but I'm not going to." Yeah. So yeah. Right. Wouldn't that be it? Like, uh, yeah, like. Uh, some sort of just say no or what, what is the, there's a, there's a Christian, uh, I don't know if it's an organization, but true love weights. Right. Right. Like maybe they'll raise the money to put a stop to this or something because well, that'd be great as long as, for them. As long as they don't do like, you know, like they do a lot of times when you have a, the, the daddy Warbucks at the auction, he, he buys the most expensive cake at the dessert auction and puts it back in the auction to be auctioned again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the sequel. <laughs> so is is the winner contractually obligated obligated to continue with the deflowering process? I don't know. I mean can can you sign a contract like that? I don't know. True would say you could. <laughs> There's something more disturbing about all this to me is that we're so disturbed by this and yet we weren't as nearly disturbed about the dude who fried up his own testicles and served them. No, I was pretty darn disturbed. I was pretty freaked out by that. Too. Oh, by the way, an update on that one. He's going to do jail time for that. Like, what was that, six months ago? Yeah, that was but, a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, just now they've gotten around to saying, hey, you know, maybe you should not have done that. Yeah. <laughs> like somebody had to tell him that. I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to have a little bit of remorse over that the next day. <laughs> all right, so this one, this one is all Aaron. And, I was so uh, excited to contribute. It happened uh, um, in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Um, actually, he's from Massachusetts. Uh, but uh, uh, it just makes me laugh just reading it. Still, I yeah. mean. So uh, let me tell you my story, and then I'll I will juxtapose it with this story. Uh, a few, a couple of months ago, I happened to be flying out of Madison, Wisconsin. 
And I went through the the body scanner thing, and the little I don't, if you've not been through those, you walk through what really looks like a, a phone booth uh, with with a door on either side. You walk through, and then a little picture uh, shows up, and there's like a little uh, red square anywhere that it thinks there's you know something suspicious. So I walked through, and it found three red squares on my crotch. You draw whatever conclusions you want. Um, and the the rule is two. If there's two or more red squares, you have to be um, physically examined. So this TSA uh, officer pulled me aside and said, if you'd like, we can go into this back room here and you can have some privacy. And I said, no, if you're going to invade not only my uh, uh, social rights, but my personal rights, I'd rather we do it right out here in the open for everybody to see. So... They, so yeah, that that's what happened. He he literally put on he gloved up, thankfully, and began a um, thorough yet surprisingly gentle um, exploration process. Um, he uh, he he ran his hands up both my inner thighs. I swear there was some cupping there. Uh, though he swore not uh, that that there wasn't. Then when he was done with that, he took his hands and put them inside my pants. Ran his hands all around my waistband, front and back, um, and assured me that he would only use the backs of his hands. Like that makes a difference. Um, <laughs> it decreases uh, the cuppage. Yes. Did, did Did you tip him? <laughs> I was expecting him to tip me. Frankly, I expected you, him to you, leave a twenty on the bo- bedpost as he walked away. Did you give him a line about he didn't even buy me dinner first yeah. or something like that? I would have. Uh, and he was, you know, appropriately contrite. Clearly, he didn't want to be feeling up a fat man any more than I wanted him to be doing it. Right. Uh, but um, so after he, they, he was done with all that, they uh, he dusted his own hands for presumably explosive residue. And then I went on my way. So that was my experience. Now, Aaron. I've had the waistband search a couple times yeah. myself, Mark. It's not that fun. Now, Aaron, would you like to explain the experience of the man in this story? Yeah. Young Da Huang Harris, who lives in Massachusetts. Yeah. Uh, he was flying from Japan through South Korea and then Los Angeles on his way to Boston, going back home. And uh, he, uh, he, the, the, the agents were alerted to check his, check his suitcase, and they found a smoke grenade in his suitcase. And, and the first, their first tip that, that, made him just, you know, we might not check this guy's suitcase, was the fact that he was wearing a bulletproof vest and flame-retardant pants under his trench coat. His orange <laughs> or his uh, yellow uh, <clears throat> trench coat. Right. So uh, then they checked his checked bag, and uh, in addition to the smoke grade, he had, and I quote, three leather-coated billy clubs, a collapsible baton, a full-face respirator, various knives, a hatchet, body bags, a biohazard suit, handcuffs, leg irons, and a device to repel dogs. <laughs> there's no thought he was a terrorist or was planning to do anything on the various planes he was flying on of course not he had all his good stuff checked <laughs> but transporting a smoke grenade is illegal okay but now here's my favorite part about this he's from massachusetts this happened in los angeles he had already carried all that stuff through at least one airport yeah it said he was flying from japan through South Korea and then landed in Los Angeles and was trying to get his connecting flight to Boston. So the question is, what airport in what country did he get on <laughs> wearing a bulletproof vest, firing retarded pants in a, in a trench coat and carrying a bag with a smoke grenade in it? Hey, Harold, there's a guy there with a bulletproof Vance vest on and some, some funny-looking pants, and he's got this trench coat. You think we ought to check him? 
Nah, he looks fine to me. His bag's heavy. Can you help him get his bag? <laughs> <laughs> the bag rattles a little bit when we shake it. Do you think we ought to look in there? All right, let's have a look. Yeah, no, yeah. this looks pretty standard to me. Just a smoke grenade and a collapsible baton and a bulletproof vest. No, nah, he's fine. And then the, the Immigration and Customs Enforcement isn't saying which airline allowed him to begin his journey. Uh, but his documents say he originated in Kensai, Japan, stopped over in Korea, and then in Los Angeles. So, uh, but they 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 are quick to point out that the Korea flight was not a U.S. carrier. So, Mister McMullen, if you really want to do time in a federal pen, this is the way to make that happen. There you go. Well, he's got to steal a hundred bucks to buy a plane ticket first, though. <laughs> I just thought that was crazy. I mean, the 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 chutzpah. <laughs> To check a bag with that laundry list of things in it. I mean, that's just crazy. Yeah, Pete logged into the chat room just to, to make this comment. and says, I recently flew from London to Denver. After security took our tweezers, we went to the restaurant and ate with steel steak knives. Because that's after you're already through security. Right. Yeah. The glass bottles, everything else. Yeah. So, I, th that's just weird all the way around uh, what what do you the fact that they say he do, they don't think he was going to harm anybody i mean smoke no, grenade no, they said he wasn't a, he wasn't gonna do anything on the plane on the plane they didn't think he was a terrorist he's just a party guy uh you know this is this is kind of interesting I, I met a guy a while back who one of his good friends i may have told you this already if i have forgive me um is the security main one of the main security guys for the vice president's plane what do they call it it's not it's not air force two i don't think is it no air force hey what, what's that now it's the, the, the vice president's plane oh yeah. no no there there is an air force two but it's a trail plane that follows okay well they're called like they're, they have a title they're not the secret service they're actually separate i think they're called the raven guard or something like that i don't, I don't remember the title <clears throat> and they are they are solely responsible for security on the plane. It's their job. And that's what they do. Make sure the plane's safe. Make sure nobody gets to it. But the thing is, is since it's, it is that level of security, you know, it's a small team of two or three or four guys. Um, they were here in Atlanta. Uh, the vice president was here. This is a few months ago for something. And this guy that I met has pictures. He said, my friend, I'm, I'll just make it up, Sean, you know, that I was in the military with is now uh, this guy for Air Force Two or whatever. And, um, and we got to go look at the plane. I was like, you did? And he's like, yeah, we went up to this gate at the airport, at the military air, you know, he flew into Dobbins over here, I guess, the uh, Air Force Reserve Base. Right. And we walked up to the to the guy that was sitting there with the gun, and and he's like, hey, Sean, hey, Fred, I'm going to show my friend Mike here the plane. Okay. <laughs> and they walk on the plane, and they look around the plane. He shows them everything. He gets a little cup with the vice president's seal on it, and uh, and they leave. And, but it's. At that, I guess at that level of security, um, basically, if this guy vouched for him, he was fine with the other guy, you know, kind of thing. Doesn't make me that feel that safe, uh, <laughs> but still, I thought it was pretty interesting. I mean, he has pictures of him in the plane, standing in front of the big seal and everything. It was, it was, it was. I don't think he faked it. If he did, he went through a lot of work. Did he happen well, to have any tweezers on him? Yeah, right, right. And the president, the vice president, was not there. Also, just to be clear. Yeah, I've I've been on both Air Force One and Air Force Two, and uh, uh, for both of those two, although those are both reserved for the president, uh, 
yes, there was not only was I already did I already carry a security clearance, but uh, the Secret Service came in and double checked it <laughs> to make sure oh. before we even got near the plane. Well, I think was there the, cupping involved? Uh, no, we didn't, I, we didn't have to go through anything like that. But there were uh, th- there was stringent security. I can. So that, that just goes to show you that the Madison International Airport is more strict in their security than the than the Secret Service. I guess the reason the secret Ser- the secret service wasn't even there, you know, because the president, the vice president, was not there. Right. He was. So I guess that's why it wasn't as as big a deal. Right. Okay. <sighs> All right. So in the next and segue, the next one that uh, in a case of just um, we'll call this mistaken identity. How about that? Uh, yeah. An elderly couple couple in Bedford, UK. Uh, bought a small um, plant uh, out of uh, out of the back of a car uh, on the uh, on you know apparently this happens on a regular basis people sell their stuff out of the back of a car there um, mm-hmm. and uh, the couple took it home and uh, gave it plenty of water and made sure it had good uh, sunlight and it grew and grew and grew and became what police are saying was the largest marijuana plant they have ever seen. It's quite beautiful. It really is quite lovely. Um, it's probably seven or eight feet tall and maybe 10 feet across. It's massive. And it's really quite lovely. Uh, and and some, they always felt so relaxed when they sat on the lawn chairs <laughs> next to it. <laughs> and yeah, it was just out there in their garden. Uh, it was it was nice. And so they, um, uh, it peaked up, it got, finally got so big that it peaked up over the fence and that turned out to be a bad thing because somebody saw it and went, I recognize those leaves. That's awesome. That sounds like something my mom would do. Yeah. Except my mom knows her plants, but other than that, it would be something she would do. And, uh, the, uh, the police say there were no, no charges filed. They're not good. There's the, they don't, they don't believe the couple was, uh, planning to sell it. It's not a pot house. It was just, um, a case of, of not knowing what you had in your hand. Yeah, it was. Uh, they could probably tell that it had obviously never been trimmed. <laughs> the street it, value of that shrub is at least ten thousand dollars, right? Or one one thousandth of a phone bill. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and this next one um, goes is, would have, would have been a better segue for the story about my dog. So, I once had a dog that I watched got run over by a dump truck, and he was fine. Wow. It was amazing. Um, you should take that on the road. I, I should. Maybe to Oberengadin, Switzerland. <laughs> Oberengadin. Oberengadin. Bless you. Switzerland. Um, Anita Kohler was in a small Swiss car when a, a 250-pound stag deer... Uh, antelope, something of that nature, uh, ran into, rammed into them. Or, I, I mean, I imagine they rammed into it. I'm not really sure how that worked. Maybe they were just sitting there minding their own business and uh, the stag rammed them. I don't know. That's how the story says. Hit them so hard, it flipped the car upside down. That's pretty bad. But it happened to be upside down on a train track with a train coming. Oh, man. So, Mom unbuckles 
and is out of the car trying to get her four-year-old son free from the car seat in the back when the train hits. Amazingly, the impact threw her clear and threw the track of the, uh, the car off the tracks and nobody was hurt. That's incredible. That's phenomenal. The, it, de- it hit so hard, it derailed the train. And mom and baby are fine. Is this and on the onion? This <laughs> picture is accurate. If this is from the actual scene, I mean, the car is pretty much unrecognizable. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, as, as you imagine, but yeah. It says, quote, they were hit by a deer, which knocked them over onto the car's roof. And it slid straight onto the tracks just as a train was coming. And it seemed neither of them had a prayer. But rescuers were amazed when both uh, Mom Anita and son Marcus were left unhurt. The train hit the car so hard it was derailed. But everybody was fine. Even the people on the train were fine. It was really just an amazing uh, moment all the way around. Wow. Have you, have y'all ever seen anything like that? Like been, been so close to something so kind of seemingly fatal like that. You're like, it's that moment where you're like, I'm watching somebody die right now. Fortunately, no, I haven't. I've, I've had that experience. I've had that experience driving a car, been in an accident where a little old lady turned just right in front of me. I, my, my skid marks were like six feet long. They were almost non-existent at like uh, 45 miles per hour. And she turned just directly in front of me and I T-boned this car and it was one of those old boat Cadillacs and I hit it so hard that it almost flipped over. It got up almost to that like tipping point and then it came back down. But as I was impacting the car, I would have swore to you that there was somebody sitting in that passenger seat right where I hit. And it's, it's one of the freakiest things that you'll ever experience. So... Do I hear just, a bird or a cat? That's a cat. That's my cat. Yeah, I, I apologize. Uh, I'll, I'll try to mute myself when I'm not talking. Can you mute your cat? <laughs> <laughs> I can throw a rock at it. Okay. <laughs> so depending on your belief system, you're going to call this um, uh, you know, an act of God, uh, that there were angels involved, that it was uh, karma, kismet, whatever. But n- no matter what you say, you have to be amazed at this one in a billion occurrence. Yeah. I'm amazed. All right. I'm, I'm, I, I'm amazed. Okay, good. As long as we covered, we got that covered. We can move on to our last story of the night. We so often talk about dumb criminals. It's nice to talk about a dumb criminal prosecutor in new Orleans, Louisiana. Attorney Jason Cantrell was making an argument in court when a doobie fell out of his pocket onto the courtroom floor. <sighs> a criminal boss prosecutor, I might add. <laughs> he, he's. I just. I, it remi- I just. It. I'm huh. I'm just seeing there, you know, it's like Matlock it's a, or, or a few good men. It was dramatic court scenes. You can't handle the truth. He's there. He's making an impassioned argument. And then, doop, a, a marijuana cigarette falls out of his pocket. He stops. It's not mine. Yeah. He looks down. He looks at the judge and he says, that's not mine. 
Wow. And it gets even better. His wife is a candidate for New Orleans City Council. He's a lawyer. She's a city councilman. And she said on her Facebook post, she's angry, embarrassed, and disappointed. Basically, I'm absolving myself. I just, as a matter of fact, I was considering divorcing him already. Um, He says, I absolutely do not condone his actions. He will accept the legal consequences as the judicial process takes its course. And I hope he has a better lawyer than himself. Wow. But she does say, I love my husband unconditionally. Because then she has to flip it and do the nice right. part. Because the Tammy Wynette stand by your man thing. Because she's you know running for, she doesn't want to appear to be not a family person. And I'm very concerned for his health and well-being and for that of our family. I hope that this incident will encourage Jason to seek professional help. And when I rolled that joint and packed it with his lunch today, I told him to be careful with it. And this high journalism article here from the Inquisitor, that's not even spelled right. Um, the last sentence, do you think that Jason Cottrell should have been more careful to not let the joint fall out of his pocket in court? Yeah. So he's going to be in the joint because of the joint. Ooh. Oh, come on. I thought that was pretty good. That was a, that was a, ooh, like burn. Yeah. Okay. So that's it. That's our last story from dumb criminals to dumb lawyers. It's been a dumb episode of the periodic table. Well, we only went to Florida once tonight. I know, but we the South was well well represented, you have to say. Uh but uh yeah, this was a fairly global episode. We had we had a couple of Brazilians, we had an Ohio yeah, we were all over the place. And and I I gotta say, first off, thanks for people for sending these in. I, I hadn't been mentioning all the way through, but several of these articles were submitted by listeners. I appreciate that. But I can tell you're just looking for Florida stuff now. Because I'm getting all <laughs> kinds of emails and posts about Florida stories, and you're just Ooh, Mark, stretching. Mark, I got this article about this this story. In Florida, this this lady stole some groceries. Yeah. Florida dog <laughs> shoots owner. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, keep it up. I'm fine with that. But just don't be surprised if not every Florida story makes the docket. Well, I'm, I just have to do it. We didn't even say it yet, so I just got to do it at once. Florida! <laughs> well, I mean, if it's a Florida story, it doesn't have to be kind of like, I mean, there's a higher standard there, right? Well, it's, 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 like, can, a, it's like a Manning. We assume he's going to be a good quarterback. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, Florida, you know, man shoots wife, wife decapitates dog, something like that. We'd be like, yeah, you know, if it was from any other state, we'd run that one. But, you know, you got to be really crazy to get a story on now from Florida. Yeah, if it's not a naked guy on the beach with a burger and 3D glasses, you know, we're kind of, we've we've raised the bar pretty high there. We have. If it doesn't involve at least two parts of the body that you can't normally display in public, somebody dying and something involving an alien spacecraft, we don't even want to hear about it. <laughs> See, I want an alien abduction that involves a, a lawyer and a joint in Florida. That's, that's it right there. Yeah. And if there happens to be a collapsible baton and a smoke grenade involved, then that's your story. Honey, don't forget your leg irons. <laughs> Where do you even get leg irons? Did he, I know. Did, did he go back to 1874 and find a chain gang and say, hey, buddy, can I borrow those for a minute? Maybe got them from Korea. 
Maybe that's they, why I went uh, there. Uh, they actually have them, Mark. They still use them pretty frequently, but they they look like oversized handcuffs, basically. Well, you, you did know that was a joke, right, Sean? You were aware that that's what we do on this show. Pete, Is that what Pete, we do on the show? Yeah. <laughs> Pete in the chat room offered what is a uh, a uh, would, <laughs> would have been a, a great title of a show: cannibalism and bath salts. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah, week we on for Regis yet. and Kathy Lee. <laughs> All right, so let's wrap it up, guys. This is where you uh, tell people where they can reach you. Not that anybody ever does, but maybe this week. Maybe this yeah. time they will. So, Sean, let's start with you this week. All right, you can reach me. Well, first off, you can find me at elementopi.com. Uh, go there, hop on the forums. Uh, there's all kinds of ways to contact us. Me, personally, you can find at Twitter, at SeanTX, uh, or look me up on Facebook, Sean Keibel. Uh, or just send me a good old email, Sean at elementopi.com. That's Sean with the cat at elementopi.com. My, my dog is eating my cat right now. I don't, <laughs> yeah. Now see, that's a good story. If only you lived in Florida. Aaron, yeah. ready to go. You can find me at 3622 Ernest Barrett Parkway, Marietta, Georgia, 30064. And no, that's not my real address. Uh, Aaron Butler is my name. Losing weight is my game. Ask me again. I'll tell you the same. Double A-R-O-N at one meal one workout dot com. That's double A-R-O-N Aaron at one meal one workout dot com. And my name is Mark and you know where to find me because you're listening to this show. Just go to the place you downloaded the show from and we're good. What do you have there, Aaron? It's a $25 gift card to iTunes. All right. I've had it since last Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Any day now, I'm going to spend it. <laughs> Wait, you, you just found that laying on the desk? And it's been laying on my desk it? the whole time, and I was okay. like, you know, I'll just stick that up there and show everybody. All right. To the app store, $25. Hey, I, Mark, I, 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 uh, like I recently learned how to turn off in-app purchases. <laughs> you need I, to learn that, yes. Yeah. I, well, I had yeah, a similar I, story. My son. A $15 app. That, that taught me that lesson. Oh, 15? You got off easy. I was yeah. uh, 75. Ooh. So, so my son says, Dad, you wouldn't believe all the coins I've got on Defender 2. I was like, that's great, son. And then later that day, uh, Nathaniel, when it says fourteen ninety nine for 250 coins, every time you hit that, you just spent fourteen ninety nine because I had the I didn't realize I had the Google uh, uh, Google Wallet on there yep. with no pen or anything. So he spent... He spent 45 bucks is what he spent, or, or 49 bucks, I think, is what he ended up spending. My daughter but, has spent, uh, it was over $100 on the iPad and another 75 on the phone, all within seconds, and not knowing she was doing it. I have, I have to, I'd like to cross-pollinate shows real quickly, if we could, because I think our, 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 uh, our audience on this show would appreciate this. Um, the, the Bacon Calculator? that Google now has, you know, where you can put bacon number and put an actor. Yes. And it'll yeah. tell you how many bacon soy. I was actually listening to that episode today, guys. And, um, we were talking about that for almost the entire episode. Not really. <laughs> and, uh, and Mark, you said, I haven't tested. It. I'm just throwing this out there because I'm, I'm wondering if their algorithm is wrong. Google's algorithms, algorithms are never wrong, but it could be wrong. Cause you said, and I haven't tested it. Adam West has a bacon number of two in the episode. Yeah. But Burt Ward did not return at all. That's true. Which is Burt Ward was in a movie with 
Adam West. So he should have a bacon number of three. Yeah, so I'm I'm calling the bacon number from Google a total uh, sham. I think they just randomly make a number up. Could be. So thanks for bringing that. <laughs> just up. Just wanted to clear that up. I just wanted to clear. That up. I, I was I felt passionate about that. And that that what he's talking about was our show uh, uh, Everyday Linux. So if you're a geek and you like Linux, but really if you just like bacon, because we talk maybe, about that a lot. Maybe you misspelled it, Mark, because when I put Burt Ward Bacon in, I got Bacon, his number is three, which moved exactly what we expect. Yeah. Bacon number Burt Ward is three. I'm going to put Bacon number Element OP Productions. That's what we get. <laughs> bacon number Aaron Butler. So anyway, while he's doing that, I will say go to elementop.com. Check out all of our other shows. If this is the only one you listen to, shame on you. Go listen to some of the others. They're good. They're fun. They're not like this one. And that may be a good thing. And uh, if you want this show to be twice a week, uh, start forging IP addresses right away. So thanks, everybody. I appreciate you being with us. Thank you, uh, Pete and Jim and Corey and Peng and uh, all the other people who sent in show titles this week, uh, show topics. I appreciate it. Uh, guys, thanks for being with me. And for now, I'm going to say that ends this episode of The Periodic People.